Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Along with Hembo, Evan Cohen in for Greeny today. Normally you hear me. Weekdays, 6A to 10A Eastern on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. You know, there are people that just blow up the internet. We saw it around the Super Bowl, right? The Dunkings with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and Tom Brady. We saw Beyonce. And now we have seen Mike Tannenbaum. Those are the, those are the, that's the crew of people that, you know, the internet just goes crazy over. Well, Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN front office insider today on your show that you are a part of, Hembo. Get up. 8 a to 10 a Eastern on ESPN television. Had this suggestion for the New York Jets. I think he would actually be a great fit with the New York Jets, and here's why. Oh, my gosh. Why do you want to Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson? Absolutely. Pay him a million dollars and let him resurrect his career. <laughs> I actually have experience with this. Vinny Testaverde got cut by the Baltimore Ravens. We signed him in June and went to the championship game that year. So if you're, if you're Russell Wilson and you don't get – I know uh, early, Mike. Hey, Bart, if you, but if, where, where else is he going to go? He has to resurrect his career. So if you have to sit for a year, why not sit behind one of the greatest of all times and then be a free agent again? Okay, so I, I just want to be clear. That's Russell Wilson to the Jets. When Mike Tannenbaum came on on Sportsmanlike today, he teased that he had a suggestion for Russell Wilson that Greeny is going to be interested in. Okay, so immediately I'm thinking, well, it must be the Jets. But you can't have him on the Jets with Rodgers. So maybe it's not the Jets. Maybe he's putting him on the Patriots. Maybe he's suggesting for the Jets to move off of Aaron Rodgers in a gutsy move of like, hey, this, we know this hasn't worked and it's probably not going to work. Let's just restart this thing with a cheap option with Russell Wilson. Never did I think he was going to have Russell Wilson on the Jets with Aaron Rodgers. I don't think there is literally any chance this would ever happen in a million years happen. I understand conceptually to upgrade the backup quarterback position based on what happened last year. I understand what he's saying about Russell Wilson, that maybe he doesn't have options. I would argue that he doesn't have options. Hembo, well, I guess first, react to the, the Mike Tannenbaum part with the Jets, and then I want to go through some of this stuff with Russell Wilson. Here. I was as stunned as you were upon hearing his suggestion, although I will say this. I mean, Mike Tannenbaum operates in good faith and thinks creatively the way that I think far too many of us don't in matters like these. That being said, Russell Wilson to the Jets would just never work for interpersonal reasons. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to have final say over that decision and would immediately put the kibosh on it. That being said, the Jets desperately need a good backup quarterback for Aaron Rodgers if and when he gets injured because it sabotaged their season this year, which we know. But Russell Wilson to the Jets makes absolutely no sense for that reason. And candidly, Russell Wilson... Almost anywhere seems like something of a pipe dream right now. The more and more breadcrumbs that I pick up in talking to people on and off the record about Russell Wilson and his perception around the league, there's a non-zero chance that Russell Wilson is effectively out of the league as early as the beginning of next season. I, 
I think that is on the list of options, and that's something that I would not have been able to fathom as recently as six weeks ago. Okay, I want to get to that part of it in a second. But I want to put something in perspective. I think there's as much of a chance of Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers teaming up as there is the Last Dance 2 starring Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas together. (laughs) Okay? Like, literally. As mu- these two guys are not best friends. I just got a, a, an interesting one also from Sal and Mamaronek, uh tweeted uh, that, what about Rodgers and Wilson with Hackett? You're going to put Wilson with Hackett now? That's what we're going to do? <laughs> that Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett are going to recreate their Broncos days? But here, Hembo, is where I have an issue. 15 games played. 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions, over 3,000 yards, kept his mouth shut all season. I actually think Russell Wilson last year proved he's pretty damn coachable. I actually think he he proved he can be a teammate. I don't understand why we are writing this guy off as an option. So, for example, I'm, I'm presenting problems. Let me present solutions. Where could he go? How about the idea of Carolina? He's from there. Bryce Young clearly should have had a redshirt year last year. And just so the Jets understand, redshirt means you actually don't play. Because when you're redshirting somebody, you don't have to take them off of redshirt. Because they keep saying, well, Zach Wilson was supposed to be a redshirt. You didn't have to take him off a redshirt. You make a decision he's not going to play. Okay? So how about that as an option? Is that not better than, I mean, you have him there. Bryce Young's on the bench. You say to Russell Wilson, listen, you're going to rejoin Dave Canales, who's the head coach there, who you were with in Seattle. And if we feel like Bryce Young is ready, regardless of how you're playing, Kurt Warner, Eli Manning style with the Giants back in the day, he's going to be the guy. And that, to me, makes more sense than the Jets thing. So that's option one. You have any issue with that before I go further? I think Russell Wilson to Carolina is highly intriguing, but I think that would be a Russell Wilson settling for a destination rather than I want to go there. Like, I think if, if we reach a point later in the offseason and he's not given a starting job, like a clear path to that, he might consider being a bridge quarterback. The problem is, if you're Carolina, he's not the guy I want Bryce Young learning anything from. Why? Because everything that I've heard from people that know Russell Wilson and have worked with Russell Wilson say universally terrible things about him. So, like, despite the fact that he had a decade of prominence in Seattle— he wouldn't be in this position if all those people weren't right. Yeah, I don't agree with all those people, and I think his numbers should speak louder than any of those people speak in this specific case. You mentioned a team. Think about Seattle. If they were to trade Geno Smith and they were to call Atlanta, they were to call Pittsburgh and make us an offer for Geno, $12.7 million. And theoretically, they figure out a way of lowering that cap number and bring Russell Wilson back for a million, two million. That team would be really interesting. I'm just saying, like, I don't understand why we have written Russell Wilson off to the— and I understand that there's issues with Russell Wilson in Seattle. I get that. I just don't understand why we have written him off to a place where he is unplayable. That's not factually correct based on the way in which he played last year. And, yes, maybe he has to compete for a starting job. Maybe the Giants bring him in to compete with Daniel Jones. I don't know. There's probably other situations you could look at. Maybe Washington wants to bring him in as a bridge. Pittsburgh. If you put him on Pittsburgh as a starting quarterback, they always make the playoffs, but they're easily making the playoffs. I think Pittsburgh is the one. I happen to agree with you. I'm I'm peddling the opinion that I am – 
I'm hearing from people whose opinions I value. Numerically, however, Russell Wilson, I still think, can be a league average starter who, in a under-center, play-action-heavy system under Arthur Smith in Pittsburgh, could still, if not thrive, at least highly function. And for $1 million, that's the difference between— He's Cam Newton with New England. He's— He's Cam. He's better than Cam was at that point. Right. He probably is. Now, Cam had, you know, when Cam got COVID, things obviously took a turn because he was out for a while as a result of that. But that's what he, you're telling me I can get somebody of that level at that price that late in the game. I'm going to sign up for that. For that coach, too. That's the other piece of this. He, he spent a decade under Pete Carroll. A Hall of Famer. One failed year in, uh, under Sean Payton. A Hall of Famer. But Mike Tomlin. Wait, stop, stop, stop. I'm sorry. Mm. I'm, I'm uncomfortable with you calling this a failed year in Denver. Correct me if I'm wrong. He, they had a winning record in games he started. That's correct. He had 26 touchdowns and eight interceptions. That's there correct. Was, there was no story to our knowledge of him giving anybody a hard time. They threatened him, basically, that where he had to go to the NFLPA because of what they said if you don't take a, you know, you don't basically restructure your contract, mm-hmm. whatever that whole thing was. Like, where was the thing where he went so, did any of his teammates speak out against him? Not really. Because te- I, I had thought teammates spoke out on his behalf. I thought there were many times this year where we had not a single conversation about Russell Wilson that he was as invisible as actually he's ever been during his decade-plus long NFL career. Which just suggests there's more that we don't know which is what I keep coming back to with Russell Wilson. Information that we're not privy to. You and I sat here, and we were flummoxed why Bill Belichick was not given a head coaching job. Well, I, still, I still feel that way. It didn't make sense then, and it still doesn't make sense now. Like, the league views people, the league view people differently at times than the media do. Sometimes they're right, and sometimes they're wrong. I happen to think that Russell Wilson in Pittsburgh could win 10 games next year. I do. Is there another team out there that we would say, you know what, they actually want to voluntarily walk into a QB controversy? In other words, their QB is fine, but should be better that maybe putting that chip on the shoulder of that said QB could help them, i.e. Arizona. That doesn't feel like a, a Russell San Francisco. to me. Doesn't feel like it to me. And I don't think Brock Purdy can be better than – I mean, I think Brock Purdy's awesome. Right? I mean, would you rather have Derek Carr at his price or Russell Wilson at a million? Russell, the Saints were on Russell Wilson's trade list once upon a time. And if Baker Mayfield goes somewhere else, if you're Tampa, how would he not make sense for you? I to- Again, for the price, Russell Wilson at a million dollars is a great bet to make. Minnesota. You, you lose nothing if he stinks or everyone in your building hates him. You right. lose nothing. Kirk Cousins goes to, gets a monster offer from Atlanta or yeah. Pittsburgh or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I don't know. I'm making this up. You're Minnesota. For a million bucks? Here's the thing. Two though. million dollars? It makes like you and I are, are talking in circles because it makes sense. But in the last We're week, not talking in circles. What we're doing is explaining how ridiculous this this thought process that he would have to join Aaron Rodgers' team as a backup. Here's the problem. Over the last week on Get Up, the television show that I produce, Dan Graziano, who knows everyone around the league, said, in effect, Russell Wilson could be out of the league. And Tim Hasselbeck who is a super good quarterback guy and also super connected low-key, said the exact same thing. So what I like to do when I aggregate information is listen to the spectrum, right? I see numbers. That's the language I speak. And I still see a quarterback that can play and that in the right environment could still enable a team like Pittsburgh to get to the playoffs. Like, I see a player that good. But then I hear the consensus around the league as being something very different, which is at minimum – a data point that I have to consider when making an evaluation. Okay. 
So with no due respect to anybody but Mike Tomlin, <laughs> I said it the way I said it for a reason. What everyone else says doesn't matter when it comes to Mike Tomlin. He's that good, right? It, oh, Sean Payton, you don't, you don't love him? Oh, Pete Carroll? And I don't know that Pete Carroll doesn't like him because Russell Wilson was at Pete Carroll's goodbye dinner. We saw that. He flew in, you know, private. Well, not obviously privately, but like he flew in <laughs> drop of a dime to go congratulate him. Southwest Airlines. Yeah, I mean, the, the reality is, like, if I'm Mike Tomlin, I don't care what the other 31 coaches say. That doesn't matter. Russ, come here. Dinner, you and I, man-to-man, no agents, no representatives, no spouses. You, me, here's the restaurant, back room, closed door, we're going to talk. Would, he, would Russell Wilson agree to all those qualifiers? Or, yes. He would. With Mike Tomlin? So you think it requires a coach of that gravitas? No. What I'm saying to you is, like, other coaches, you're saying, I trust the intel from all the people that you talk to on a daily basis. I'm not saying you shouldn't trust that intel. But? What I'm saying is... Intel to others and conversation with with Mike Tomlin, totally different. Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, they have taken guys at other places, cannot work for on- or off-field reasons, sit down with them, man-to-man, have a conversation and say with my my notebook, the handwriting, here are these three things. You're going to do this, you're going to do this, and you're going to do this. If you don't want to do these three, we leave. I got the bill. Don't worry. We go our separate ways. If you're willing to do these three things for this price, we're good to go. By the way. But these are the only three things and no deviation. Sometimes I have to zoom out when we're having conversations like these because I guess the best way to ask this question would be, how did we get here? R- Russell Wilson played a decade of Hall of Fame level football. That's how we got here. I'm going to explain why. Because he played a decade at Hall of Fame level football, he made a lot of money. Because he was that good, he made a lot of money. Because he was that good, a team wanted him at a high cost. And as a result, his cost was too high when that team got bad. Because what that team did in Denver was that they hired a head coach with the hopes of getting Aaron Rodgers. They didn't get Aaron Rodgers. They, they went for their second choice in Russell Wilson. As a result of that, Russell Wilson was not a fit with Nathaniel Hackett, who was only hired to coach Aaron Rodgers. Nathaniel Hackett is the worst offensive coach in the NFL. Matt Patricia, statistically, is better than that of Nathaniel Hackett. That if you relitigate a couple of years ago, the Chargers should have fired Brandon Staley and hired Sean Payton. The Broncos should have never then hired Nathaniel Hackett at all because they should have, they would have never had a chance to get Aaron Rodgers if they knew all that. Like, there's so many things that went wrong here. Russell Wilson should have gone to the Giants before they ended up with Daniel Jones. Like, all of these things we could relitigate. The reality is, if Russell Wilson is your fallback option at a million dollars a year and you have a good enough team around him, you're going to the playoffs. Like, the Broncos were terrible early. And then all of a sudden they rallied and they went, what, five games in a row? If you hate your quarterback that much, are you really going to be ha- have the opportunity to win five games in a row? No way. No way. I-, I think what we've discovered here is that we have now reached a low point with Russell Wilson that is completely unfair. That there's no evidence over the last year to suggest he could not fit in with a team like you suggested, like Pittsburgh. Coming up, a Hall of Fame coach called out his team. That is an understatement for what this Hall of Fame coach did. That's next. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greenie today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greenie, G-R-E-E-N-Y. It is Greenie on ESPN Radio. ESPN app, along with Hembo, Evan Cohen with you. ESPN Bet is now live, the official sports book of ESPN. ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Find all of your favorite markets and bet in-game wagering, of course. Cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all of the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hembo, during All-Star Weekend, when we have the Saturday night where the judges were terrible, we have an amazing moment with Steph and Sabrina, which was awesome. You can almost guarantee if Clay Thompson's on the Warriors next year, a four-person competition, Steph, Clay, uh, Caitlin Clark, and Sabrina in, at Golden State for the All-Star game. When you have a game yesterday where you had 211 points scored by the East, you have LeBron talking about his future and whether or not he's going to be with the Lakers. Doc Rivers saying he would rather be the head coach of the Bucks post-All-Star break than pre-All-Star break. When you have all those comments, something in basketball has to be pretty significant to trump all of those comments. Well, Hall of Fame coach Rick Pitino is the head coach at St. John's. And Rick Pitino's club lost yesterday to Seton Hall. And Rick Pitino was not thrilled with his own team. Take a listen. I think they're unathletic. I don't think they move well laterally. I don't think they're going to pick it up in the next week. Um, I think they're slow laterally. I mean, Sean Conway gives you everything he can. He's slow laterally. About five guys are slow laterally. Even even the Celtics, when we lost, I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. Do you have any second thoughts of taking this job? 
No, not at all. It's not St. John's. It's my team. I think they're very respectful. They hear, but they don't listen. It's taken me a month to get them to throw bounce passes. Actually, two months to throw bounce passes. Just thinking of getting ready for Georgetown because Georgetown could definitely beat us. I'm not even thinking of the future at all. I'm just thinking of the next game and the next game and the next game, and that's it. uh, Just try to get as many wins as you possibly can and represent St. John's in the best fashion you can. All right. We're going to have to power right. Like your top two or three, Bubba, get in on this, favorite moments from this. Because I'll give you a couple right off the bat. The fact that they can't throw bounce passes two months into his coaching, that's an amazing one. The other one is when he makes the, the movie reference, White Man Can't Jump, with the hearing and listening and that thing. I mean, which I don't think he actually meant to do it that way. And Hembo has probably no idea what I'm talking about right now. You never saw White Man Can't Jump? No, I never saw it. I have heard of the movie, so I, I get your reference, but I've not seen the movie. Okay, of course he hasn't. Of course he hasn't. I saw Moulin Rouge this weekend. I, uh, on Broadway. Far too central. On Broadway. Uh, top two favorite moments from that would be from, what? From Moulin Rouge? No, from the Patino. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I mean, I was just talking about the most <laughs> recent Moulin- thing. I thought I was pretty clear. I was giving you my top two favorite moments. Oh, and the fact that, by the way, he said the Celtics was more enjoyable for him when Rick Pitino has not been good at every stop. He's been great at every stop along the way, except for one, the Celtics. And that was more enjoyable than St. John's for him so far. Yeah, so he's lost eight of his last ten games, which is the worst ten-game span for him as a college head coach since the mid-'80s in his first year at Providence, by the way. My favorite point in that monologue was the bounce pass comment when he changed it from, I've been spending not one, but two months to teach these guys how to throw bounce passes. I don't know if you take umbrage with what he said. I absolutely do not, by the way. I love that he said this. I love that Rick Pitino feels like he can say this. And he, if anyone, has the body of work in the game of basketball to say whatever he wants. Because I think Rick Pitino's teams should be able to recruit themselves, especially in the era of NIL. Baba, favorite moments from this? Uh, kind of on the same vein as you. I love the... Uh... The uh, Celtics thing is ridiculous. It's so funny <laughs> thinking the fact that he's somehow be looking back fondly on that and compa- and Boston com- hates him, right? I mean, you live, you live like, in the, that area. I that- mean, when you think of Rick Pitino and Celtics press conferences, you really you think of the one time where he's like. Kevin McHale's not walking through yeah. that door. Larry Bird's not walking through that door because he was so mad right. and frustrated being a Celtics head coach. But somehow <laughs> he thinks that was better than this. Um, the bounce pass was great. And then when he, he literally just calls out the individual players and says they're slow laterally, which I thought was pretty funny. I mean, just an amazing postgame presser yesterday. Uh, on, on Sportsman Light this morning, uh, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern time, Chris Canty had this to say about what Patino had to say. I'm not playing. I'm not suiting up to play for this dude ever again. And I realize now, like, that, that's, that's a situation that's toxic. And here's what I will say, taking it a step further. Rick Pitino vows that this will never happen again in terms of how they recruit and making sure they get the right guys in the building to do the job. If I'm a recruit, if I'm a talented player and I've got options, why the hell would I want to go play for a coach that throws his players under the bus in that way? No shot, no way, no how. Oh, let me tell you why, CC. Because he's Rick freaking Patino, having won national championships at two different schools, having put dozens of players into the NBA, having spent a lifetime coaching and accruing knowledge that is going to help me make a lot of money in this life, playing basketball. Look, what he said was obviously distasteful. 
but this is not a 40-year-old coach saying this or a 50-year-old coach saying this. Rick Pitino is basketball royalty. And at a time when every coach of his stature has chosen to exit stage right because coaching college basketball is too miserable, he basks in the misery. He's, his team stinks, but he's still grinding through it like he's 35 years old just like starting out in the industry. And there's something highly respectable about that. Him just bathing in the misery. I love the fact that Rick Pitino is on the sideline at Madison Square Garden, pale, looking like the freaking devil himself. I would still play for that guy. I would still play for Rick Pitino. Well, the answer as to why you would play for Pitino is, are you offering me more money than the next school? And that. I mean, that's if we're going to be honest about college basketball and college sports in general, it's all based on NIL right now. Here's the most amazing part of this. Because I used to be... A hundred years ago, a play-by-play announcer, Division One college basketball for Florida Atlantic University. I was terrible at that. And I was there during the course of multiple coaches. And every single time, and this goes for any sport, any level, uh, well, I should say any level, any college sport, let's just say, I've seen this firsthand. Coach takes over. They inherit someone else's players. I didn't pick these guys or gals. They don't run my system. Nothing personal, but I need to kind of get my own people in here. And then the coach moves on or moves up or gets moved out or whatever it may be. And there's all kinds of, oh, I didn't, I, these aren't my guys. I didn't, I didn't recruit them. These are all Patino guys. He got these guys all by way of transfer. These are all, tra- and four of them, if I'm not mistaken, came with him from Iona. So this is not, I just showed up here. I can't believe these are the guys I'm coaching. Wait till I get my guys in there. A lot of these guys are his guys. Totally. I think only one player returned. I think he basically ran off every other player except for Soriano. So maybe he would have been better off actually keeping the former players. Maybe so. <laughs> Maybe he would have been better off just saying, you know what? I need the old team, not the team that I brought with me here. Here's the thing. I am here for content. I have always loved college basketball. We have... Far too few legendary characters in college basketball. But Rick Pitino is one of the last vestiges of the college basketball that I grew up loving. So I don't really care if he's throwing his players under the bus for their lack of lateral mobility. To me, like that's a soundbite that is going to be heard by millions of people and is a good thing for the sport. Make no mistake, Rick Pitino is going to win a lot of... Rick Pitino is going to win a lot of NCAA tournament basketball games yeah, at St. John's. I agree. And he is going to coach until he's freaking 90. That's a guy who loves the game and the fact that he's just not willing to hang up the spikes despite all of what has happened to him, much of it obviously his fault, is a remarkable thing to me. Uh, totally agree with you. Well said. I also am a big believer that I like knowing what I'm signing up for. There's a lot of these coaches that I don't know much about across college sports right now. I know exactly what I'm signing up mm-hmm. for with Rick Pitino. There's nothing artificial I'm about that. I'm going to get better as a basketball player playing for Rick Pitino. You just brought up something, and we're going to get to some of these NBA questions in a second here, but you just brought up something interesting, Hembo. The last of the remaining characters in college sports. Basketball or football? How many of them do we actually have left? Do you consider- like Calipari, is he one of these? I, I guess. I mean, how many of these guys in both college basketball and college football, are left. These, like, legendary Hall of Fame level, I'm going to rip everybody to shreds in the media if I need to because you're not going to touch me because I am Rick Patino. Like, I don't know how many. I'm just looking. I'm just scrolling here through some of the ACC. If you think about it, okay, Duke has changed over. North Carolina has changed over. I mean, Syracuse, Syracuse has changed, changed over. over. Louisville multiple times now. I mean, Bill Self, but I mean, does Bill Self give us the sound bites like some of these guys? Probably not. 
right? I mean, uh, Huggins is done. It's one of my theories that college basketball has deteriorated, not just because of one and done, not just because of the developmental program in America, but because we have always gravitated in college sports, first and foremost, to the coaches, the coaches that never leave. They've left now, both in college basketball and in college football, and that is a net negative. Like, I think that the NIL and the transfer portal and all these things that will make the student-athlete experience more profitable for players is long overdue. But at what expense? Because in some sense, the expense is awfully expensive when you lose all of what you lose from the coaching ranks. What you just did is fascinating, and I didn't see this angle coming here. Well done by you. What you just did is actually gave us a warning for college football. I did? Co- yeah. You didn't, you didn't see it coming either. Okay, I'm going to tell you why. College basketball, we have established, is no longer what it once was. It's not a daily conversation l- unless you have a patino soundbite like this. And your reasoning is, which I think is right, we've lost the iconic coaches that we can attach ourselves to for loving or hating. Right? Calhoun, Bayheim, um, Roy Williams, Coach K, et cetera, et cetera. All right? College football this offseason lost Nick Saban, lost Jim Harbaugh. Think about that for a second. Dabo Sweeney no longer relevant the way he once Mm-mm. was, right? Kirby Smart wasn't in the college football playoff last year. It's great. Kalen DeBoer just went to Alabama, becomes more relevant, but how relevant is he going to be? If he, The more relevant he becomes, the more likely the NFL is going to go get him. We have Chip Kelly leaving UCLA to become an offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Yeah, the head coach of BC go to be the Packers, def- uh, Packers defensive coordinator. Yeah. So it may actually be a warning for college football. In a few years, you may become what college basketball is, which is not that it's bad. We're not suggesting it's bad. It's unidentifiable. Which is incredibly important because college sports, much more than pro sports, are, are tribal in nature. They are, they are traditions passed down Saturday to Saturday, March to March, from your mom or dad that went to X, Y, or Z school to me, to whom I pass along to my kids. And that, is, that applies more so in college sports than it does in any other. Like, college sports fans are different. They're unique. In some cases in my mentions and in my text threads, they're crazy. But that's good. Like, that's what makes the whole thing go around in college sports. But if you have to track to see who's going to be on my team this year, Who's going to be coaching my team this year? And, and you lose that identifiability, if, if you will. That is something that over the course of time could be a net negative for the sport. It is Greeny here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance along with Hembo, Evan Cohen, in for Greeny today. All right, NBA All-Star Weekend, All-Star Break, which, of course, today uh, provides us uh, not the greatest news if you're Jacques Vaughn. He gets fired by the Nets during his All-Star Break. And that for Adrian Wojnarowski, their head coach. Bubba is here, and he's got... Five quick-hitting questions about the NBA for the second half of the season. Go ahead, Bubba. All right, here we go. We'll start with the MVP. Who you got winning the MVP? I think it's going to be Jokic, at least as of now. Um, I don't know that he – it's weird. It feels like he doesn't even care this season. And I don't mean that he's not playing hard. It's just like he's graduated past caring about the regular season, and he still may may win MVP. Yeah, he might. Bubba, I'm going to play Shea Gilgis-Alexander at at plus – 215 on ESPN bet because that's going to be a, re- a team that goes for it in the regular season because they're all so young. Right now, he leads the league in win shares. I think there will be some Jokic voting fatigue. And right now, Jokic is a $1.40 favorite, as in minus 140 to win the award. And so, if I'm looking to make a few shekels 
and not take a long shot because SGA has the second best odds. But I think given their two numbers, I'll play SGA at plus 215 and take my shot there. Can I give you a long shot if there's enough games? Can you figure this out? Cavs are 36 and 17 and uh, 44 games played for the person I'm about to mention. Is there a chance Donovan Mitchell if they finish in second place? Wow, the wins East? the thing. So Putting, I think how many games? 36 plus 17 is what? Uh, 53. That means they have 29 left. That means he would have to play in 21 of the 29. Nice job there. So I think that he could play his way in the first team All NBA. The idea of him being the MVP, though, Long I shot MVP. think Just is far fetched. So I, I, so I pasted into my document the top six odds, and he's not even in the top six. Like right. He's beyond 50 to 1. Where's, so, where's Kawhi? Uh, Kawhi's at 50 to 1. He's sixth. And I think that is a very tantalizing number. He is shooting out of his freaking mind right now. And if the Clippers wind up as a top, say, two seed, which I think is on the table, and Kawhi plays 65-plus games, obviously, 70 games in his case, I think he'll probably get to, assuming health, it would be so bizarre. But he could actually win the regular season MVP for the first time. I could I could see it, although at 50-1, to 1, you're talking about a super, super long shot. Next up, Bubba. Which team experienced the biggest boost at the trade deadline? Are you pointing to me as if it's the Heat? Is that what you're saying? No, I, I'm no, pointing okay. to you as in you should no, talk I'm next. No, I'm just I'm just was trying to get a compliment there mm. about the Heat with getting Terry Rozier and then uh, Delon Wright here uh, by Weird. way of the uh, <laughs> buyout. Um, see, this is hard because I don't know that there is a single team that that was put over the top, and that's only because of the Knicks' injuries. Like the Knicks had the best trade deadline, but as soon as all of the guys arrived, everyone else got hurt. So if we're going to project out health. For the entirety of the team, I think it's the Knicks. Okay, I'm going to say that it's the Mavs. I think the additions of P.J. Washington and Daniel Gafford will give them enough to get out of the play-in area. Right now they're seventh. I think the Mavs are going to wind up at fifth or sixth, and I think the skill sets that each of those guys provide, along with the ridiculous season Luka's having and, again, assuming some Kyrie health, I think it gets them out of the play-in and in the top six. Yeah, I think you're wrong about the fifth. I don't see... You think the Mavs are going to... I can see them jumping the Pelicans. I don't see them jumping the Suns or the Nuggets. I just really don't. The Suns made an addition, Royce O'Neal, by way of the Nets at the trade deadline. Not a household name, but a guy that could help them in a role spot. I agree with you on the Mavs additions. I like them. I just don't see them in the top five. I think six is as high as they're going to go. Next one, Bubba. Lakers, Warriors, which is more dangerous after the play-in? I'm not writing off either of these two teams. I'm really? telling you right now, I am not. And what we've seen out of the Warriors has actually been really interesting with Draymond playing the five and Kaminga and Wiggins playing alongside of him. Clay off the bench is something interesting to see moving forward. If he's taking this I'm going to be like Manu approach, Manu Ginobili from the Spurs, I think both, if you told me, I, I'm not going to pick this, but I'm also not going to be stunned if both teams end up going far in the playoffs. That's interesting. Because I, I definitely... I definitely was not expecting that answer out of you. I think the Lakers have almost no chance to advance deep in the playoffs. Why? Every time they have been put in this situation with this roster, they've been successful. Last year in the postseason, this year in the in-season tournament, when, they're, when they've been given things to play for, they've actually played well. The problem for me, and I'll let you finish, I'm sorry, but the problem for me in this whole thing is I think the Clippers are going to win the championship if they're healthy. So when I'm already picking a Western Conference team, one of these teams has to be knocked off, and I'm not going to eliminate the Nuggets yet, nor am I going to eliminate the Suns. Somebody's got to go. It would be a lot easier if one of these teams was in the Eastern Conference for me. I'm more encouraged by what I've seen from Golden State since Draymond Green came back. It's been about a month over that time. They've got the number four offense. 
the number five defense and the second best net rating in the NBA. And Steve Kerr has finally figured out his rotations. We're getting Clay out of there in clutch time. We're going to play Pajemski and we're going to play Kaminga, who's been on a tear lately. I like what I've seen from them more over the last month than the Lakers, who are kind of playing whack-a-mole with the issues that they've been having. And one other thing on the Warriors. What if I told you, 30 for 30 style, a Hall of Fame point guard was playing like a Hall of Fame point guard? Chris Paul still. point guard? I'm just saying, Mm. if Chris Paul can give you anything, and now your second unit has Chris Paul and Klay Thompson and Gary Payton II from a defensive perspective, and Kevon Looney who's going to grab every rebound, theoretically. I mean, and Dario Saric, who could stretch a little. I mean, they, all of a sudden, maybe there is something there. Just saying. It, <coughs> excuse me. This is Greeny coming to you live from above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17. I'm nervous about something. Coming up, we're giving Hembo the green light. Oh, no. What does that mean? It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Greeny, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, along with Hembo, Evan Cohen, in for Greeny today. Coming off of NBA All-Star Weekend. All right, I hate to be a party pooper because you know I love the NBA. Doesn't it kind of scream out that maybe the dunk contest is done when we can't even have an NBA player in it for the last two years <laughs> winning it? That's not meant to be a shot at Mac McClung, but isn't it well, the moment that, like, hey, he's not in the NBA? So, I have... Well, I, I didn't even catch what Bubba did there. Bubba's using the Adam Silver. <laughs> well, so <laughs> the, 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 the deterioration of the dunk contest has nothing to do with the dunks and everything to do with the dunkers because, well, obviously the... The event is basically built upon the reputation of Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan and Julius Irving originally, I suppose you might say. But again, this is sort of a cultural commentary, but the best players in the NBA, by and large, have just decided that they're not willing to embarrass themselves potentially. Well, they're not you know, willing to potentially not win the event. And so it's much better to abstain, which is, again, another microcosm for what's wrong with the league right now. But 
we have reached a point with the, with the All-Star Weekend. I've been at ESPN now for 10 years, so we've done this nine times, where we ask ourselves, how can we fix it? Like, we do this every year on this exact day, but I don't know that there's ever been a time for which that question is more earnest than it is today. I agree with you, but I also think that it's not about fixing because here's, here's my thing on this. When there is an event that is on national television, national radio here on ESPN Radio, has a venue that sells out and that has sponsorship attached to it and ticket sales, what are you fixing exactly? You're evolving it. Fixing it is not the right terminology. I get that semantics. Right. But any event would love to have what All-Star Saturday and Sunday have. Have theoretically. Not theoretically. Have, don't have actually. Well, but the, people buy tickets. There are sponsors. It's on TV. It's on the radio. Yeah, but it's a completely unfulfilled promise every single year. And at some point, the residual effect of that will be evidence in the TV ratings and in the enthusiasm of attending the event in person and all the things. It's, it's so bizarre. Like The NBA right now is is embroiled in a TV negotiation that should guarantee that none of the descendants of any of the players have to work a day in their lives, and yet the players can't get out of their own way. They can't be bothered to try hard. I'm the furthest thing from a get-off-your-lawn person. But how could you have watched that over the weekend and not just been absolutely disgusted with these multimillionaires who care less about the thing that they're playing than I care about watching? It's humiliating. It's embarrassing. It's completely irresponsible in every conceivable way. Well, here's Bubba with more NBA questions. Well, you guys scored the most points. (laughs) Bubba has just become Adam Silver. He's so, rightfully so, he is so obsessed with the Adam Silver. Well, you scored the most points. Silver was disgusting. I know, but I love Bubba leaning into it. What do you got, Bubba? Well. Well, (laughs) which super team is likelier to win three rounds in the playoffs, the Clippers or Suns? I would say it's the Clippers if they're healthy because the Clippers are actually a super team. When you look at their roster, they have more than just their big three. The Phoenix Suns don't necessarily have that much more than their big three. Plus, the Suns' big three positionally are a little bit, uh, maybe not perfect. Redundant. Yeah, and I think what the Clippers have is phenomenal, and I think the depth they have is tremendous. So I'm, I picked the Clippers to win a championship. The Clippers, so. according to ESPN's Basketball Power Index, BPI, have a 31% chance of reaching the finals. The Suns have a 5% chance of reaching the finals. So those numbers are pretty loud. Um, the, what, one other note that I'll throw in here. The Suns have the most difficult remaining schedule in the whole league, which is to say, I think Phoenix is likelier to wind up in the play-in than they are in the NBA Finals. Yeah, but that's because you're somehow hyping up the Mavs too much. That's what I'm going to say on that one. So you're wrong on that. They're not going to be in the play-in. If they're in the play-in, that's a disaster. I mean, for the they're Phoenix not Suns. that far out of it. And they imagine a, if the play-in has the Suns, Lakers, and Warriors. They have a when you when you have a moment, take a peek at their schedule. It is a freaking gauntlet. Next one, Bubba. Jalen Brunson is the best Nick since whom? Carmelo Anthony. Can we stop knocking? Like, this is an obvious answer. People want to go crazy on Carmelo Anthony. Like, leave the guy alone. He's the best Nick since the last really great individual Nick, Carmelo Anthony. That's the answer. Uh, That's not the answer. That is the answer. No, it's not. The answer is Patrick Ewing. He is better. Jalen Brunson is better than Carmelo Anthony. Jalen Brunson is better than Carmelo Anthony (laughs) ever was with the Knicks. He's better than Carmanto. He is? <laughs> forget forget anything. It's serious. Carmanto? Carmanto. How did you get there? No idea. Car- well. <laughs> is that, are, you, are you suggesting that's a, an uncommon nickname for Carmelo Anthony? <laughs> this is what happens when I work with you. I end up talking way too fast. Like, but, but truthfully, 
I mean, Jalen Brunson has a higher scoring average on more efficient shooting with much better passing and a much higher plus minus. Like Carmelo Anthony was more of a star, but Jalen Brunson is a better basketball player on the Knicks than Carmelo Anthony ever was. No matter where you are, you can always listen to Greeny on the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm ready to go right now. Green Light, green light with Greeny. Give me the green light. So Rob Manfred, Commissioner of Major League Baseball, spoke on Friday and said some really, really interesting things about why Major League Baseball's offseason moves at a glacial pace and what he might be able to do to fix it. Take a listen. We would prefer... To have a free agent signing period, ideally probably in December, with a deadline that drove people to make their deals, get things settled. Um, we actually made proposals to that effect um, to the MLBPA. They were not warmly received. But certainly from an as- aspirational perspective, we'd rather have you know two weeks of flurried activity in December preferably around the winter meetings where you're all there to write about it and, you know, we all get excited about the upcoming year. I'm going to say something very unpopular in front of a microphone that no one seems to be willing to say ever. Rob Manfred is exactly right. Major League Baseball would benefit tremendously from streamlining their offseason to such an extent the way that the NBA does and the way that the NFL does. It is the single biggest needle mover for both of those sports. It is super interesting for fans. The player movement aspect of things in Major League Baseball is decades behind those leagues in that respect. Ladies and gentlemen, do your homework on some things. Rob Manfred is not perfect by any stretch of imagination, but he's the one who wanted a faster pace. He's the one who wants the free agency changed. Players are against most of this stuff. It's the players as much as it is Manfred. Let's not get that twisted. Coming up, Carlin versus Joe. This has been Greeny along with Hembo. Evan Cohen in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. Well... Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.